0: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Ecom Elevated. I'm your host, Pete from Soapbox. We made this show for listeners like you who are looking to grow, build, and succeed in the e-commerce industry. However, this landscape is consistently changing with new players, ideas, and business models being introduced daily, which honestly at times can just be a lot to manage. That's why we sit down with industry leaders to discuss their tips for success, reveal their secrets of the trade, and so much more, which you can use to elevate your business above the competition. Welcome, and I really hope you enjoy the show. Hey everyone, today we're gonna to be discussing one of my favorite topics, logistics. I know, I know, it's not everyone's favorite, but hear me out. We can all agree that the logistics industry has really made some dramatic changes over the last couple of years. So much so that every e-commerce brand today has made or will make the decision of whether or not to keep their order fulfillment in-house or to entrust in someone else to maintain it for them. Our next guest will give us some insights on how we can make these decisions easier. Hey everyone, today we're gonna to be discussing one of my favorite topics, logistics. I know, I know, it's not everyone's favorite, but hear me out. We can all agree that the logistics industry has really seen some dramatic changes over the last couple of years. So much so that every e-commerce brand today has made or will make the decision of whether to keep their order fulfillment in-house or entrusting someone else to maintain it for them. Our next guests will give us some insights on how we can make these decisions a little easier. Please welcome the co-founders of OTW Shitten, Nick Malinowski and Parker Mortens. Hello, gentlemen, and welcome to Ecom Elevated. How are you doing today?
1: Good, how you doing? Not bad. Nick, how are you doing? Enjoying life, Staying busy. Busy is good, right? <laughs> yeah, busy is great. Busy is always really good.
0: Where are, you, where are you joining us from today,
1: Nick? Uh, I am in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, so, I'm out on the East Coast, actually. Nice. And what about you there, Parker? Yeah, I'm out in
2: Salt Lake City, Utah. So, out in the uh, main, main hub for OTW.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. I- I'm pretty jealous of both of you right now. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it's like 105 degrees. So, I'll trade you guys yeah. any day
1: of the week. I'll tell you that uh, I had a, I have a grandpa and a grandma who live down in Scottsdale, or in the area. I think some City big retirement home area and uh yep. yeah arizona i'm not a, i'm not a heat guy arizona was not one of my favorite states
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> i don't blame you man i don't blame you at all before we get started i, I want to get into a little bit about you guys background you guys have such completely different backgrounds from one another um so nick i'm gonna start with you and i'm gonna pick on you for a little bit here so to be honest with you man your last name took me a little bit to to practice i don't know why but i looked at it and it's really intimidating (laughs) but i think i worked it out
1: yeah it's uh it's polish background um but i don't think i'm actually polish i got told way back when it used to be in like austria hungary uh hungary area as well so um yeah people butcher it all the time they usually leave off the w
0: definitely i I mean my last name is not easy at all and people butchered it all the time too so
1: where did you graduate from uh, I graduated from George Mason university out in uh DC area.
0: And then you, uh, you majored in tech and marketing, right?
1: Yeah. I had a marketing major and minors in it and Spanish.
0: And I mean, what made you take the leap into logistics? I mean, you're obviously you majored in marketing and tech, but you're going completely left when it's coming to the logistical aspects. So why did that
1: jump? So I think this kind of leads into to Parker's background too, but, um, the only experience that I had really had in fulfillment before this was, uh, as a high school kid, um, over the summer just working for, for a buddy's dad, doing some, you know, pick and pack type of work. Um, so that was the only experience I had, but, um, I'll, I'll kind of like pass it over to Parker, but it, basically, the timing was when I was graduating, um, that was when Parker sort of initially brought up the, that idea and we started kind of thinking it out, but. I'll kind of pass it off to Parker for that. I haven't forgot about you, Parker. Yet, trust me.
0: I know you graduated from University of Utah. Now, tell everybody what you majored in, because yeah, I yeah, no, I this did. Uh,
2: I did biomedical engineering, which I wouldn't suggest for anybody looking for a logistics background.
0: It's definitely a little bit different. I, I don't, I don't even know
2: how you made that leap. So, I've always had a passion for for engineering and like the sciences. And if you ask anybody that knows my family, all me and all my siblings, we're just injury prone, accident prone, anything like that. And so we're always in and out of hospitals and doctor's offices and stuff. So I always liked engineering, the concept of it. And and given that I spent so much time around the medical field, I was like, all right, biomedical engineering it is. And, uh, and then obviously. You know, internships can be hard to come by, and, and through my first couple of years of college, I made a, I just made a connection and started working in a a warehouse down a little bit south of me, doing pick and pack and, and a lot of the fulfillment processes, FBA, everything like that. And you know, I'm not the I'm not the most creative guy when it comes to new products, but I know that other people are, and if there's a need for fulfillment, then you know we could take advantage of it. So that's why I brought it up to Nick because I was kind of in the heat of it and and figured if there's a time to do it, it'd probably be now. Where did you guys meet? Did you guys just
0: meet in college or were you guys buddies before?
2: We're both from the Cleveland area, um, Cleveland, Ohio. And then we, I mean, we've been in the same school since we were like sixth grade. Um, So, you know, we've known each other since then, even down to the point where I think in like fifth grade, we both skipped a grade in math and we were in this like little room for nerds in our math
0: class. So, that's kind of where it all started for, for us. So you guys were terrifying teachers at six years old together. That's kind of rough, man. I'm not going to lie. You guys terrify, you know, soapbox every single day. I hear about it every single day. So it's awesome.
1: <laughs> we were troublesome in school, not necessarily from doing super bad things, but just uh, being, being a pain in the butt. Um, so we were, yeah, we were not a good pair to having classes together. That's for sure. I <laughs> butt.
0: So let, let's explain this to people that don't know. What is a 3PL? What does it stand for?
1: Yeah, so a 3PL stands for third-party logistics, and most often that's associated with a fulfillment center, uh, with you know pick and pack fulfillment and things like that for usually direct-to-consumer companies. But uh, at the same time, third-party logistics kind of expands beyond fulfillment. Uh, there's a lot of other areas in logistics and supply chain, obviously, uh, you know, freight is just one example of that. Um, so, you know, a 3PL could be any sort of logistics organization that you hire to handle shipmates or anything in your supply chain on your behalf.
0: Like we talked about earlier, you know, at some point, every business has to make the decision on whether or not they want to keep this in house. All right. And this is a hard decision for everybody to make. On our side, it, If you think about it, a 3PL, you're trusting someone, not only to, that they're going to maintain the same level of, you know, respect and attention to detail with your products, but also your customers, right? So why would a business want to hire a 3PL versus, you know, keeping it in-house?
1: Yeah. So that's definitely, uh, that's definitely a loaded question. There's a, there's a lot to unwrap there, but, um, from, from a high level, uh, yeah, we we have brands who will try and outsource fulfillment right off the bat because um, they just heard that that's what you should do. Um, at the same time, we've had brands from the other end who have stuff in house and they even have their own warehouse and they're, they're moving products and they want to switch. So it's really individualized whether you actually need a 3PL for for that or not. Um, and if you're checking Reddit or Core or anything, I mean, there's so many questions almost daily about you know what do I need a 3PL. Uh, what should I look forward to 3PL, things like that. But the main reasons that a company will switch over to a 3PL, um, cost is, it could be one of them, uh, depending on your product, if you're a smaller company and, and you have some heavier products, um, a 3PL could potentially save you on rates there, even, you know, even off the bat, if they have minimums or things like that, Um, and, but at the same time, a 3PL could be more expensive for you, the real advantage comes in that opportunity cost. You know, you running your business, especially these small businesses where it's one, two, three, four person teams. um, You running that business, what you do best is probably your marketing, your sales, uh, your products, you know, growing your brand. Whereas fulfillment is definitely not something that you specialized in. Uh, And so from that aspect, most of these brands start in-house. They might be starting in their garage or something like that. And they've been picking packing orders themselves, but now it's taking up two, three, four hours their day plus, plus. Um, and that's time that's taking away from them growing their brand, focusing on the sales and marketing side of that. Um, and so, a three PL, what a three PL does is really take that. What you you want to focus on? What you do well and fulfillment is that. So a three PL takes that off your plate. Um, and any brand at scale, uh, that's that's the what you want to do, you know, you double down on what you do well and outsource what you don't. Um, so, so that's the main thing, but other things could be, you know, faster shipping and processing times, it might take you two to three days to pack orders in your house, but, uh, a 3PL can process those same day. Um, another thing is location. If you are in California, but the majority of your customers are East coast, uh, then you might want a warehouse out there and that just negates any, any cost, uh, increases for a 3PL there. Um, and then the last thing is once you start growing, even if you've been knocking it out in-house, um, eventually you're gonna have to step up into some sort of warehouse footprint and hire workers and things like that. So, you know, the question is, do you wanna commit to a three to five year lease? Especially right now, uh, you know, warehouse space is in high demand, vacancies are at all time lows. These uh, these brokers are are demanding three, five year leases plus. Um, so do you want to take on that space? Do you want to commit to all of the assets of racking and forklifts and, you know, figuring out all that from scratch, as well as managing people, which is the hardest part. Um, do you want to do all that or do you want to pay 10, you know, 10% more for your fulfillment overall, but you're getting it done, right? It's getting done well. And you're that, that time is now spent growing your brand. So. Um, yeah, those are kind of the main things that people look at when they want to start with a 3PL.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of information right off the top to, to, to really digest for everybody. And honestly, I mean, it really breaks down to your business, right? You, some of these people or some of these businesses, excuse me, are can save up to 50% where you're talking overhead, you're talking insurance, you're talking packaging. There's a lot of stuff that goes into running your own warehouse and running your own team that a lot of these logistics custom- uh, that excuse me, that a lot of these 3PL com- companies just do for you makes, again, gives you the time back that you need to grow your brand, right? There are so many logistical partners out there right now. I mean, since COVID it's exploded, you touched on it with the warehouses. That's where it's all going, right? People are going in getting into 3PLs because. It's where everybody's going online and, you know, we're going to need a, a really good, you know, backbone to, to really be able to maintain the order quantities that everybody has. Right. So how do you know you're going to be choosing the right 3PL on your side?
2: If everybody had the answer to that, it'd be a very simple process, you know, but, um, there's definitely a few key factors to, uh, to consider when you're thinking about choosing the right 3PL partner. Um, and the biggest one that we would say, which we, we definitely give to people who may not be the best fit for us or, or are just shopping around for different 3PL partners in general is don't focus only on price, right? Obviously that is a, a critical part of a business model is saving, saving money and cutting costs where you can, but finding a good 3PL that is a little bit, maybe more expensive, but at the same time, more reliable. That's definitely worth the added investment. Um, You know, if you find a 3PL that says that they're gonna have these crazy low rates and charge you pennies for shipping and pennies for pick and pack, it sounds great until maybe you commit and you get into the warehouse and it's a miserable experience. They don't have good customer service, you know, the whole nine yards and then switching 3PLs is even more expensive than initially finding one that is more reliable and a bit more expensive. So. The biggest piece of advice we give is just don't focus primarily on price alone. Um, another key aspect is, I mean, communication is huge between a client and a 3PL. Um, nobody likes to be left on red or, or have terrible support. Um, and so, you know, if you're finding these 3PLs that, that give you good support, that are quick to respond in the sales process, that are quick to respond when you're onboarding I mean, those are the ones you want to look for because that's going to give you kind of a taste of what their support is going to be like throughout the duration of your partnership. And then I mean, this kind of may be a little bit more simple and unreliable in a sense, but just look for reviews online and, and customer reviews of their clients, you know. Um, obviously you can get people who might fake reviews and that's just the nature of business, I guess. But um, you know, try to kind of weed out a couple of reviews that seem sincere get in touch with the people and, and see, you know, what their experience is like with these different 3PLs. That's the biggest thing I would say is, is making sure that you do your due diligence and uh, and just consider all factors when you're looking for a 3PL that's right for you.
0: Really, at the end of the day, people need to understand, right? business owners need to understand that this is going to be an extension of your company, right? They're going to be representing you. So you want to, you want to partner with someone that is going to be very similar in nature when it comes to, you know, the, the type of atmosphere and the type of, you know, uh, people that work for your company. So don't choose the first one that pops up. Definitely. You know, you want to spend a little bit of time. You want to find people that are out and the money portion it's, it's about quality, right? You got to pay for quality. People buy iPhones because you know, it's, it's something that they can rely on. And it's the same thing with, with 3PLs It cheap is one thing, but you know, quality is another.
1: It's a pretty well-known thing that 3PLs can, you know, be two of three things. Uh, you know, keep fast and good. Um, and so you kind of got to find a balance there. And yeah, a lot of it comes down to, you know, the the fulfillment is your, the, the final touch point that's to your customer's experience with your brand, like you were saying. So, you know, saving 10 cents per order, is that going to make a difference if orders are going out late, if orders are going out inaccurately, if your brand is getting damaged, that 10 cents per order goes down the drain. Um, and, and that really doesn't make a difference. Um, so yeah, penny pinching has led many, many, even us, uh, you know, we've had a lot of clients who, uh, might've gone somewhere different, uh, through the quotation process and said, Hey, these people 15, 20 cents cheaper. And then they'll come back, you know, four months down the road and say, man, it's like, they just came out of a war zone. They're like, man, this, like, that was a horrible experience. They lost my inventory. Nothing was getting out on time. And now they're switching back. Um, and like Parker was saying that the cost of switching, you have to send all your inventory somewhere else now. So the 10 cents you would have saved on, uh, on each order is now totally lost because you just spent $3,000 sending everything to a new warehouse. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really, you have to think of a 3PL as an investment in your brand and not just a cost.
0: Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, when you're going to look for a 3PL, there should be some things that you're looking at your own business, um, to have upfront and ready to go that will make this whole process so much easier. Uh, can you share what some of those things may be that everybody wants to look in before they come in and start looking for a 3PL? Yeah. Um,
1: so I think the first thing is obviously, you know, their, their capabilities. You know, do their services match your needs? As a 3PL, you can do everything okay, or you can do some things really well. Um, and that's a reason that you have fulfillment centers that focus on apparel, that focus on refrigerated products, that focus on, uh, you know, uh, medical devices, anything like that. Um, there are three PLs that focus in these different verticals. Uh, and, and the reason for that is, you know, the, for example, an apparel company is high skew, high return, um, versus a, you know, like a protein bar company, they might need, uh, you know, refrigeration or temperature control. Uh, they might need first, uh, first expire, first out picking. Uh, there's very, but depending on your product, there's very different needs. And I mean, for example, if you have, if you sold like washers and dryers, um, that that's very different from handling apparel or handling those protein cells. Um, so, and that, and it comes down to even the warehouse itself. Uh, the way, a, an apparel 3PL is designed. It just its footprint is going to look completely different than, uh, than, you know, a, a company who does washers and dryers that they're fulfilling. Um, and their software might be different, uh, because, you know, 3PL software, 3PL is either a variety of different softwares and some of them are better for certain things and some of them aren't. Um, and so that's kind of where you want to make sure that they have the capabilities where they handle products and brands that are similar to yours. Uh, now if it's something like, uh, like a car or a board game or a card game where there's no special handling like that's just a common product Then you don't need to find a company that you know has extensive experience handling that. but um if you have more of a specialized type of product it's very definitely something where you want to find a fulfillment center that has experience doing that and then kind of goes without saying but your their software you want to make sure that they have integrations for everything that that you handle so if you are direct to consumer Uh, you want to make sure, you know, most of PLs have this, but you want to make sure they have a Shopify integration. If you're on Shopify, um, if you send inventory into, uh, Amazon, you know, for FBA, uh, they should be able to do that. And then on the B2B side, you know, do they have EDI, can they integrate, you know, through EDI, um, or do they have integrations with FAIR or Wayfair or these other sites that, uh, might have different labeling requirements, things like that. So, um, obviously first thing is capabilities, you know, Do they have experience handling your product like yours uh, and have the technology that can integrate with your software
0: and that's pretty big too with with new marketplaces you know establishing every single day from one day to another that's really huge uh making sure your compatibility is the same not only that the capacity level right so you need to make sure that these 3pls are able to grow with you at the same time you might start with a, a small quantity of of items, but, you know, you never know what the future may hold. Um, can you explain a little bit how the capacity works when it comes to a 3PL provider?
1: So capacity, uh, like really it's, you know, can they handle your volume as you grow? And most of these brands will usually start like historically, they start at a more mom and top mom and pop, uh, type of 3PL where they've got great communication, but then at some point, you know, your brand blew up and now they're a couple days behind on orders because they just can't handle that increase in volume. Um, and most people default to just jumping into a 3PL like ShipBob or ship because so they're like, oh, now I need 40 warehouses um, and, and everything like that. And the reality is, you know, you might just need, if your mom and pop 3PL is on the West Coast, you might just need another mom and pop 3PL on the East Coast. Uh, for example, you know, if they're doing a great job, if you are that bigger fish in their sea, that's, that's better than being just another client oftentimes to some of these larger 3PLs if you're getting that higher level of service you can still use that same 3PL and expand to another company out there um but at the same time if you if you already are a you know heavily established brand you're not going to want to go to a mom-and-pop style 3PL that is you know not not in a great location and can't handle your volume so that's that's really the the capacity side um but as for the larger 3PLs, too, another thing to consider is SLAs. Um, even the larger 3PLs during you know Q4, especially, uh, they they don't always do a great job of uh, staying on top of orders. You know, we've seen uh, lots of evidence to show that you know some of these largest 3PLs they could be you know two, three, four, five, six, seven days behind on orders during Q4, um, especially during these past couple of years when volumes have been you know historic, like crazy high, uh, compared to you know, historical volume. So, um, that's where those, those SLAs start to start to come in handy, where you're making sure that your 3PL is actually holding up their end of the bargain.
0: Definitely. You obviously don't want to have any, you know, upset customers, especially when it comes to missing products or just delayed shipping around the holidays. It's just a really bad experience all way. Now tell me what sets OTW apart from everybody else.
1: Yeah. So I think, um, the main thing about OTW that really makes us stand out is like I was talking about the, um, mom and pop side of things where, you know, you're that big fish in their, in their pond and you might even have the owner's phone number. So you've got great communication and great support on that side of things. Um, but again, they can't really handle that volume as you scale. So you're going to either have to find a, a larger 3PL to handle that, or, you know, find another provider, uh, on the other coast or something like that. Um, so then you take the flip side of that and you have these large 3PLs, your bots, your shipmunks, um, companies like that, where they obviously have beautiful software, you know, they're private equity backed, they've got, or venture backed, they've got all sorts of, of money to deal with. Um, but they, they do experience high churn, uh, because of the nature of their model and the money backing them. And, um, because he, all these smaller clients that are kind of swarming to them, uh, they're not getting that same level of support. Uh, it's very much they have to bend a certain way to fit their model. Um, and so, you know, and and the execution side may be hit or miss depending on depending on the products and who it is. So we really kind of combined the better part, tried to do our best to combine those better parts of a mom and pop style 3PL, where you have someone in the warehouse who knows your product. You've got your own uh, channel where you can talk to, your, uh, that person in the warehouse, you have the owners available. Um, you have support available in those channels for people who actually know your products, as opposed to, uh, having a large, you know, an account manager or something like that, who has a hundred different clients and it's, you know, email communication and support tickets and basically everything is super slow and triage. but then, uh, it's also taking the you know, software side where you've got great software and integrations, everything flows smoothly there um and and we have you know best in class slas so you've got orders going out up until 2 p.m the same day uh you know you've got shipments being received in two to three days max so it's basically combining that support level where it feels like your own personal warehouse team with uh, the execution that you would expect from a larger 3pl
0: i mean it sounds like you guys really just go for that white glove service right high touch high detail like that's exactly what people are it should be looking for when it comes to this 3PL. We've covered so much information. I hope people took notes because this is a lot of good, valuable information. I really appreciate you guys taking the time today and going over this for us. Where can people find you if they have additional information or, you know, just want to ask some more questions about OTW?
1: They can go to otwshipping.com uh, and, you know, all of our information is there. Um, and or they can give us a call. Um, all our contact information is on our site. And um, I'm sure Pete'll uh, do us a solid and link that in the in the comments as well. So, if anyone has any questions, who are you guys?
0: I have no idea who you guys are. What are you talking about?
1: If if anyone has any uh, any questions, um, you know, even just about three pls in general, we've built out a lot of resources to help out on that front. Uh, whether it's how to choose a three pl, uh, when to you know, when you do need a three pl, we have a great quiz that built that out. Uh, that's built out for that. Um, as well as like a 3PL pricing template, you know, a lot of these brands going through, um, going through quotes with 3PLs, they all have different pricing models. Uh, a lot of them have, you know, hidden fees or not easily findable fees and things like that. And so it's hard to get your true cost per order. Um, and that's one thing. The one last thing that I would probably stress is when you're comparing 3PL, comparing 3PLs, you are comparing 3 P comparing 3 pls you can not really compare everything apples to apples. Um, you know, for example, our pick rates. Uh let's say it was a dollar fifty for your first unit for our pick rates. If you're comparing that to Shipbob, it's Chip has free pick and pack for the first four units. So if you were comparing those directly, it's like, well, why not shipbob? It's free. Um, but then when you think about it, uh, you know, every 3PL makes money somewhere. So Ship has got all their fulfillment threes keys wrapped into one. And ours are kind of broken down into a couple different categories. So it's it's something where you can't compare apples to apples. you got to get what I call your total fulfillment cost, which is basically all of your costs in a month divided by the number of orders you have in a month. So that includes storage, that includes any you know special project fees, if you have some stuff that you do recurring, uh, or anything like that. Totally that all up and get your true cost per order. Um, that way, you're kind of removing the variables of pick and pack and pick and pack and like comparing it that way, apples to apples, and, and uh, getting that on with one true number. And uh, we built out a 3PL pricing template as well that can help out with that. So feel free to visit our site, even if you're not looking for a 3PL right now, there's some great resources uh, that get you familiar with 3PLs and and, uh, go from there.
0: Yeah, great way to get everything started the the right way, right? Again, thank you gentlemen for being on today. We really appreciate you being on Ecom Elevated. uh, And you guys have a great rest of your day. Awesome, thanks, Pete. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll use some of the insights provided on today's show to elevate your own business's success. As always, listen and subscribe to Ecom Elevated or follow our Soapbox social media for more amazing advice. I've been your host, Pete, from Soapbox. Have a great week and we'll see you in the next episode of Ecom Elevated.